Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Accenture overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. This is the Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly slice of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine. I'm Janine, your podcast host, and this is episode 214. This week, Adam's catching up with Pippa Middlehurst, aka Pippi Eats, who's gained a huge following on Instagram for her brilliant dumpling and noodle technique videos. She tells us how eating dim sum with her granddad kicked off her obsession with Asian food, and we hear about her travels through Japan, Taiwan and China in search of inspiration for her new book, including some intensive training with a noodle master. Hey guys, uh, it's Adam Olive, Deputy Freelancer. I'm here with Pippa Middlehurst, aka Pippi Eats. Um, you may have seen her on Instagram. Um, she's pretty exceptional on that with her noodle videos, etc. Um, she's just released her new book, Dumplings and Noodles. Congratulations on that, Pippa. Thank you. So really, can you tell us a bit about, about your journey to, to writing the book? Like, uh, did you have a blog? Um, yeah, tell us a bit about that. Um, I've always really loved cooking and particularly Asian food. Um, I grew interested in Asian food when I was young and my granddad used to take me uh, to a dim sum restaurant with my brothers and it had, it was one of those that's on like an industrial estate and it's got a really great restaurant above and then underneath is an Asian supermarket. Mm. And I used to just get really excited and curious and I wanted to know what all these ingredients were that they didn't have at Tesco. And and I, I I think that's where it started, and it kind of just grew from there. Um, I I went travelling um, last year uh, around Taiwan and Japan and China, sort of gathering inspiration and recipes uh, for the book. But ultimately, it's just been discovering and sort of teaching myself how to cook recipes that I like to eat. Mm-hmm. So it's. This is it's definitely these flavors are my favorite flavors and my favorite 
ingredients to cook with. Yeah, it's it's just my it's my favorite it's my favorite type of food to eat, and I've always loved cooking. So I taught myself how to cook amazing, these recipes. Right? I'm waffling. That, no, no, that, that that is amazing considering the like level of skill that you present in the book, and like you're basically teaching people to so have taught that yourself is is, is pretty amazing. And um, even I've used your Instagram to make uh, like hand-pulled noodles I did like about six, seven months ago. So that's really amazing that you taught yourself. And what, what do you think it was about the, those flavours that really, really like got your attention, that really like drew you in? Um, I'm not sure. I, I, I never really, I never really got on with the idea of sort of meat and two veg, which is very much what, what was on the dinner table when mm-hmm. I was growing up. Mm-hmm. It was just, I just found it so boring, like meat and two veg and then drench it in, in gravy. But that's just not, <laughs> that's not just you. wasn't, I mean, every now and again, I'll make like a roast dinner and it'll be great, but it's just not, I, just, I don't know, just not, not interesting. There's no texture, um, like there's no layers of flavour. Um, but I also really don't like, like I really don't get along with dairy, Mm-hmm. and sort of I don't Asian food is just so much more interesting and it's fresh and there's texture and there's complexities there that you just don't get on on a plate of meat and two veg um like for the you were just saying for the research you got to go to um Japan and China and you also went to uh, a cooking cookery school in, in Lanzhou is that right yes so that when I think about when I think about it now, I think, I kind of think, what was I thinking? I don't, I don't know if I could do it again. And I was I was pregnant at the time as well. And I was on my own. Mm. And I can't speak Mandarin. Yeah. Um, but when I fell pregnant, it was kind of, because I'd always had this trip in my head and I'd always wanted to do it. And I just had never done it. And then when I fell pregnant, I thought, like, oh, this is it. I've got I've got to do it. Yeah, I've got to yeah. do it now. So I booked my flight and I went. And when I uh when I when I got there and I first travelled around like it was it amazing. And but when I travelled to Lanzhou, it was I felt really in it there. Absolutely mm-hmm. nobody spoke English, which is like well you would expect a positive and a negative you feel like you say you feel like fully immersed but also you're not quite yeah you're not quite getting it all I was I was absolutely fully immersed and also pregnant and there was there was just no like in for for example in Shanghai there was there was a lot of um different cultures but in Lanzhou I didn't see another another white person another black person anyone it was just all all Chinese people and I felt really in it everyone was lovely of course and so helpful and that mm. was made me feel like safe and yeah when I was in the school so I had to have a translator when I went to the school um and it was yeah it was if I went to that place in my head that kind of says like if something happened to you now you're that you're like this many thousand miles away from even the closest airport that would take you the thousands of miles home 
like you would be screwed. So it just didn't have, just didn't go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to like put that out of your mind. Just yeah, yeah. Just concentrate on the positives. I'd say it's an incredibly intrepid thing to do. I, I that would terrify me. Um, but yeah, like what what kind of things were you learning? Like like to literally you were just hand pulling noodles every day. Was it specifically hand pull? Was it all um, like Chinese cuisine? Was it regional or? So it's it's literally just this one dish, Lan Chao Lamian, and it's the the course there, it's 30 days long. I didn't do 30 days, I did two days, but the people that go there, uh, they do a 30-day course, they sleep there in the sleeping quarters, and then they work all day every day learning how to pull the noodles and make the broth. So day in, day out, they're literally learning to make this one dish. And then at the end, they get given... And it's like a little passbook with a stamp in it and it's officially recognised. Um, it's like an officially recognised uh, qualification then. And then they can then open their own Langelamien wow, shop. Okay. Um, so usually it would be, I mean, I was the only female there at the, at the time, uh, but it was it's mainly men of all different ages who then go and get the qualification and then they can open a shop and, and that's like that would be their income for their mm-hmm. family so it's like a real rite of passage so I felt quite conscious of that and I wanted to be very respectful and not mm-hmm. sort of just mm-hmm. be this you know white girl going in and and learning and then leaving yeah. so I wanted to be very respectful of this practice because it's such a rite of passage and it's such an amazing skill um but yeah so you go in there's not much there, a bag of flour in the corner, some uh, stainless steel tables and then a sink and that's it. And you you weigh your flour, you add your salt, you add your alkali and then you add your water and everything is done by hand. There's no mixes, there's real, real manual labour, there's no chairs, there's no sitting down and you're sort of doing that for eight hours of the day. So uh, mixing your dough, kneading it, it's about an hour to 90 minutes kneading and then before the dough is ready to pull, so and then an hour of, need, of kneading so like when a recipe yeah. says for like pasta dough eight to ten minutes to then wrap it it's, it's an hour of pure on the work surface yeah. wow and Your it's to get the um, must to, have been like absolutely ruined after two days of that after 30 yeah, days it was, must be, you know uh, at the gym when you do that exercise with the elastic band where yeah, it, yeah. it like works yeah it was it was like uh, yeah, doing suppose, that yeah. for eight yeah, hours yeah. of the day and I, and I was pregnant at the time. I was so knackered. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so it would be that. Do you need dough and you pull your noodles and then the chef would... Chef um, chef Ding, he was called. Um, he was the head teacher. He would come over and he was very... Um, he was a man of few words. You know, when there's that person who you really, you really desperately crave their approval, but they're, they're very stern yeah. and they don't give anything yeah, away. Yeah. And he would come over and he would look and he would like inspect the noodles and then he would scrunch them up into a ball and throw the dough like on the floor and then you had to start again. And it was that over and over and over and over and over again for sort of eight hours of the day. And then it would get to five o'clock and most of the other guys, because they slept there, they would just carry on um, into sort of into the evening. Mm-hmm. And after my first day, he said to me, do you, when it was home time for me, um, he said, do you want to stay? And I knew it was a test. Yeah, yeah. But I kind of, I think if I wasn't pregnant, I would have stayed, but I had to not be stupid. Yeah, no. no. Um, but yeah, it was, it was amazing. I'm so yeah, glad yeah. I did it. I made, even though I couldn't speak to um, my peers, mm-hmm. they 
all really looked after me. None of them knew that I was pregnant at the time, but they all really looked after me. So when they could see that I was getting really tired eating my dough, mm-hmm. if the head teacher's back was turned, they'd need my dough for me. Oh, that's nice. Oh, like when he came over and he'd test me, they'd be behind his back going like this. And because there was a lot of things you had to remember mm-hmm. uh, for pulling the different styles. So they would, they would like mimic behind his back so that, so that I would know what to do. So it was kind of, I felt really a part of like this brotherhood almost. It was, mm. it was great. It was it was so tiring. I don't oh, know how they do it for thirty days, but um, I guess that's why it's such a recognised qualification because it's so hard. That's like it's such an interesting concept to have sort of a, a certificate in a cooking school just for one dish. I don't think we have the same reverence for, for dishes in, in in the West, but like just for one dish, you can go and get you know the stamp, and then after that, you can open your restaurant. It's really really intriguing concept, really. It's, amazing. it's yeah. The the dish is um, it's eaten every day for, by sort of. Uh, the workers they would go and have a bowl for their lunch every day like without fail so the shops are open from sort of breakfast till around 12 one o'clock and then they shut um and it is it's a re- really nice dish like I could eat it every day we'd have it for lunch yeah. um I suppose you, you'd probably be making quite a lot of it so there'd be quite a lot of broth and noodles around yeah <laughs> but yeah it's amazing so what, what else is in it? So you said there's like you make a sort of like master stock or something and then hample the noodles and then what else What else is, adorns the dish? So it's like a really simple um, beef broth with like mm-hmm. beef bones um, and then like you'd get, because it's made in a big fat, you'd get like a, a small amount of meat as well. Coriander, chilli oil. Uh, the broth is uh, spiced with spices of sort of that region in the northwest of uh, China. So... Um, things like licorice root, mm. uh, black cardamom, and then spices that we'll be familiar with over here, sort of, is like, almost like Christmassy spices, I guess, so like uh, cinnamon, uh, star anise, um, and uh, coriander seeds, fennel seeds, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and they're all spices that are really popular in cuisine of that area because it's uh, near the Silk Road which is a trade route. So yeah, they're, yeah. they're like Muslim spices mm-hmm. that would be traded off the, off the Silk Road. That's so interesting because it's like a sort of, yeah, it's like a meeting point of loads of different cultures as well, minimally. But, um, and went through your travels, where was your favourite cuisine? Because obviously you said you went through China, Japan. That's hard. Mm. It was it was all so different. I think I, I loved, um, I really loved Taipei because that was, a real mixing pot of cultures mm-hmm. uh, but but Taiwanese food really stands out on its own but you can see that there's influences from other cultures there so for example the there would be um like a stir fry dish with seafood uh, it's a recipe that is in the book actually and it would have uh, like Thai basil on top so you could mm. see like Chinese influence but also Thai influence yeah, and yeah. it just but it, in itself it's 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 Definitely a Taiwanese dish. Stick around for more dumpling and noodle chat from Pippa. Okay, favourite recipe from the book? Oh, it's so hard. All of the recipes in the book are 
my favourite. No. Yeah, um, it's I think... like you say, <laughs> if it is like, like you're saying, it is like your baby, it's all, it's like, it's, it's, it's a diluted thought, or, you know, it's, it's been distilled, sorry, distilled from all your years of learning. And so obviously all the, all the recipes will have a special place in your heart. Well, I mean, I never, I never wrote these recipes down thinking that anybody would ever see them. They're all mm-hmm. recipes that I've scribbled in notebooks in my kitchen for for myself because mm-hmm. I like to eat them and then when when I sort of was writing the book and putting them all down it's I was like oh I'd forgotten about that one uh, like I need to make that one again kind of kind of thing yeah, and yeah. that like I, I love them all I think in my own copy of the book that um I've had for a good few weeks now I think the Dan Dan Noodles page is probably the dirtiest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's that's a recipe that I crave the most, I think. Um, but I do... I, I, when, I, when I flick through a cookbook, I think a good test is how, how many recipes you want to make. So if I see a cookbook in a, in a bookshop, I'll flick mm-hmm. through it. And if there's like five or six recipes that I would cook, like there and then then I'll buy it. Yeah, yeah. And and I, there is plenty, plenty in yours, I can I can tell you that. <laughs> well it and it's it sounds daft because it's mine and that and the recipes that I love, but when I flick through it, I'm kinda like, oh I'd forgotten about that one and I want to cook that one now and the, the yeah. thing that I like about the book is is that it's it's kind of um there's no, there's nothing else out there like that for for, for me. It's kind of um got so many different um cuisines in it but all like the sort of big all the big hitters are there and that all the information is there um and the technique as well like the pictures for like how to pleat your dumplings you know how to how to handle your noodles is all there um yeah i think it's just i think it's a really interesting book that kind of yeah there's nothing really out there at the moment that, that's like it there's like really specific regional cuisine or or things like that but yeah i, I think it's i think it's superb really thank you that's all right um and obviously you're very big on Instagram. Um, how big a part have, have that played to, to you and your food? And, and... Uh, I mean, I, I, obviously it's given me a lot of exposure, which is um, which has gotten me to where I am, mm-hmm. I think. It's funny because my mum always used to like peck me to start a food blog. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a previous relationship that I was in, the uh, the friendship group um, surrounding that relationship, they all used to take the mickey out of me for um, taking photographs of my food and posting them on my, like my what, what is now my personal Instagram page. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd say things like, no one wants to see your tea and things <laughs> like that. So I... I how wrong could they be? <laughs> so I stopped, I stopped doing it. And I mean, I wasn't blogging at the time. It would literally just be bits of pictures in between other rubbish. Um, and so so I, I I believed that nobody was interested in what I was doing or what I was cooking. So I would just cook for myself or my mm-hmm. family or whatever. And then um, that relationship ended. And the relationship I'm in now with my partner, Christian, he, um, he basically set up a food blog for me. Like he... Uh, made the domain or whatever um and he said you need to start a food blog um like start an instagram like people are interested and i was like no i'm no you know nobody's nobody's interested in what i'm doing and then i just i slowly started to sort of 
do it and play around with it. Um, and and then I guess the rest is rest is history. <laughs> yeah. But like, is it is it quite time consuming? Because obviously you do a lot of um, the videos sort of like overhead without all the little bowls. But is that basically just your lunch or your dinner? But you just kind of record it almost. It used to be. It used to be. Um, yeah. When I when I started doing it, it it, it was that. But then as um, the videos kind of became more popular, and I guess that was what people were really enjoying, I. I started to sort of invest in better equipment and and try and spend a bit more time doing it. So now, and I feel like I've kind of set the standard for myself now. So if um, if, if I'm doing one now, it's like getting the tripod out, get my camera out. Um, I'll have to have like all the ingredients ready to go and whatever. And it's it's kind of the, the process has sort of refined itself to to what it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does. It's I think. The editing of it takes quite a while. So sometimes if I am just making it for my lunch, I might um, just like use my phone, put my phone overhead or whatever, yeah. but then I'll just not find the time to edit it. So I've got I've got so so many pictures <laughs> and videos on my phone that I've just never even used. I'm going to tell you how many pictures I've got on my phone right now. Um, you're, you're the sort of person that's always buying the, the, the uh, cloud extension packet packs. Yes. Do you want to have a guess? I'm going to have a rough guess at about 17,000. 85,893. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You do take a lot of pictures. There's no going back for me now. I've There's been times where I've been like, I'm going to have to um, go through and delete all these. But it's, that's, um, that's untackleable. You can't tackle that. No, that's, it's you, impossible. That, that is a, a never, that's a needle in a haystack job. You'll never find, you'll never get to the end of that. Because no, by, the time, by the time you stop in the in the time period, by the time you tackle it next, you'll have taken the same amount of photos that you would have deleted anyway. So. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I'm not. I'm just ignoring it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, is there any uh, cuisine or region um, that you would like to delve deeper into that you don't know that much you'd like to explore more? Yes, I I just got the um, the Rangoon Sisters cookbook. Mm. Uh, the recipes in that look amazing. And no, Burmese exactly. food is... Burmese, yeah. Burmese, yeah. Burmese food is not something that I've explored before or, or know a lot about. And I'm I'm so excited to get stuck into that. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's some similarities in um, uh, in some of the cuisines that I'm familiar with. And so there's a lot of ingredients in my pantry and in my fridge that I have already. So, and it's... And it's sort of different ways of, of using those ingredients together and I'm so excited to get stuck into Burmese food. Yeah, no, so it's a really interesting one for me as well, obviously from where it lies between sort of, you know, like East Asia, like the India, Bangladesh, and then like the Thai sort of side of things. And it, yeah, it's just it's sort of like a, a new melting pot that I hadn't really, I didn't really know about before. I didn't know there was like, you know, that cuisine was there. Yeah, same. Um, any plans on a second book? Uh, yes. <laughs> not allowed to say, but yes. Yes, I'm not allowed to say, but yes. Um, is there anywhere you'd like to travel more in? Um, yes, I would love to go back um, to Japan. Just everywhere that I've been already, but I would also love to go. I'd love to travel to South Korea. Mm, that's what, uh, that's what I, I want to go. I really want to yeah, go to South Korea. 
love to travel more in uh, Thailand, Japan, and China. I mean, there's all those countries that have vastly different regions. Um, That's the thing, because I think whenever you go somewhere, you never really, or like you can either do a really small bit or you can do a big bit and then sort of, you know, if you do a small bit, then you're missing out on other bits. But if you do a big bit, you're kind of not delving as deep as you'd like to go. If you could only have one pantry ingredient, what would you have? What's like, oh, mate, okay, right, all right, three. One, three, two, okay. One, two specific, three. Flour, obviously. Yeah. If I have a bag of flour and and some running water, then I know that I can feed myself. Mm-hmm. Um, light soy sauce, can't live without. Um, do I have salt and oil automatically? <laughs> like, yeah, can I? Yeah, can that's, I? That's a given. Yeah. Okay, fine. You can have salt um, and oil, and then probably a citron chili oil. Nice. Yeah. Because then you know that you can enliven any meal or whatever you have. You can you can perk it up. Yeah, I can. I know if I have those three things, I can make a lot of a lot of meals. Can you tell me and the people at home what the difference between light and dark soy and how we should use it? Because I don't think people really understand what I think people think that dark is saltier, but I'm, I I but I know that is not always the case or not the case. So dark soy sauce actually does contain more salt, right. but it also contains more sugar, so the overall flavour isn't as salty, if that makes mm-hmm, sense. Mm-hmm. So light soy, uh, light soy is used as a seasoning and is used to add salt, um, and so it's lighter in colour. Dark soy is used uh, to add colour, so um, it, it adds flavour as well, but it's mainly used um, to sort of add colour and, a, and, a, and an extra sort of uh, mellower uh, layer of flavour. Mm-hmm. So if you're using soy sauce to season, you would always use a light soy. And then, for example, if you were making a chow mein or um, a dish that has that dark sort of glossy sauce, that comes from using dark soy sauce. Um, I think it's... It, it, it's I, I understand why people get overwhelmed with Asian ingredients. The, you, you could go into a supermarket and buy sort of four different brands of dark soy sauce and they would all be very different in colour and I think the ones that you can get in like Tesco or whatever or in in larger supermarkets these days the dark soy sauces aren't the same as a Chinese dark soy sauce and a Chinese dark soy sauce is different to a Japanese dark dark soy sauce it's very different to a Thai dark soy sauce um like some of the Chinese dark soy sauces that I have in my pantry they smell almost alcoholic they're that they're that strong and that fermented fermented. yeah yeah right yeah but um but yeah they're not interchangeable and if you are if a recipe calls for soy sauce it it will mean light soy sauce yeah it literally means as to like to season the dish yeah cool um lastly i think i know the answer but dumplings or noodles oh probably noodles yeah i thought you'd say that but I mean, dumplings is a close second. Is a close second. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, for about, um, really nice to talk to you. Yes, you too. Thanks for having me. So that was the Olive Magazine podcast. If you want to explore more of our back catalogue of over 200 episodes, you'll find us on all the main platforms and on our website, olivemagazine.com. 
where you'll also find tons of useful recipes and great cooking advice. Why not try a subscription to Olive Magazine this summer and get the very best recipes delivered to help inspire your cooking? To take advantage of our current offer of three issues for only £5, go to buysubscriptions.com forward slash allpod720. That's O-L-P-O-D 720. Terms and conditions apply. Stay safe and we'll see you next week when we'll have a brand new episode to listen to. 